what we've done is we live in the Ozarks. We discussed it last week. Yeah. It's very rocky. It, it's, it gets very dusty very fast. So an important thing for us, because the soil is the way that it is, is to make sure that it stays covered, which is yummy. Right. This is why, <laughs> why, is, right, why we started doing <laughs> this in the first place, it. which we discussed a little bit last week. But, you know, we got into this whole gig because we wanted good food. Hey, y'all, put on your boots, grab your headphones, and let's get a little muddy. As we build a community rooted in the love of dirt roads, whether dust or mud. Welcome to the Dust or Mud Podcast. All right, welcome back. Episode two of the Dust or Mud Podcast. Today we're going to talk about regenerative farming, but wanted to pause for a moment and say thank you to those of you who tuned in last week as we talked about our transition from the big city to the country or um, the traffic jams, the interstates to, to the, the dirt, dirt roads. roads. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the comments that we got back on the uh, episode last week. Anything from well done, love you to Rich, you're doing a little bit better on the camera, but Shelly always looks great. That's so right. <laughs> I appreciate the comments. Fighter pilot debrief for me, guys. Um, it, you know, we can't get any better if we don't know what we're doing wrong or what you guys want to see or hear. So yeah, for sure. Um, appreciate you sharing with us and encourage you to do that more. Um, if you enjoy it, then if you're on the YouTube, hit subscribe. And if you're on a podcast platform, hit follow and give us some stars or give us some comments. It'd, That's right. We'd really appreciate it. We yeah. love the interaction. Yeah, for real. So topic today, regenerative farming. We're going to talk a little bit about um, at, at what it means to us, really. Not We're not going to take you through the science of it, or we're not going to give you a, a savory a savory institute lecture no. on regenerative farming. No. But we will talk about what it means to us and what we do um, and how we consider ourselves regenerative farmers and why and and such. So that'll be that'll be the topic for the day. We'll start with a farm, farm update. update. Yeah. Uh, just like we did last week. So yeah, a lot of a lot of things going on on the farm. Yeah. I've uh, got some pretty big news. We finally have beef and lamb in the freezer. All right. For sale. Yes. And took it to the farmers market last Saturday and basically sold out. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Of everything what we took. yeah everything that we took we, took, we yeah. sold so the we ended up with 245 pounds of beef that went into the freezer 88 pounds of lamb that yeah. went into the freezer just an FYI the where those numbers started was a 707 pound steer mm -hmm. that walked across the scales live <laughs> that turned into 245 pounds of meat in the freezer about 35% of live weight the lambs there were four of them uh, they weighed anywhere from 62 to 75 pounds mm -hmm. live weight, and that turned into 88 pounds of lamb in the freezer. And those are all normal numbers. It's not some, you know, there wasn't anything wrong. That, no. That is what you get whenever you hang a, when you walk a steer across at 707 pounds, hanging weight is going to be about, <clears throat> excuse me, 50% of that. Yep. Because the head, the hide, the feet, all of the guts, it weighs a lot. And so your hanging weight is going to be about 50% of that. And then you have lost through, you know, bone and trimmings 
you get to 35%. Yeah, of our hanging weight ended up being about 55, 56%. Yeah. And then we asked for all boneless cuts. So yeah. uh, we got burger and boneless yeah. and or ground and boneless. So uh, we didn't, we didn't have the advantage of having any the bone, bones and the any weight. bone weight. Right. Us. Yeah. So we're really excited about Very. it. Uh, the, the folks at the farmer's market were really excited about it also. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll yeah. take a little bit more this, this week. And, um, if you're wanting beef or lamb from us anytime soon, let us know soon. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's exactly. Not gonna this is not going to last very long. Yeah. Um, we, the, the lambs are doing well. We talked about needing to deworm yep. the lambs and we did that. Yep. And we have, since then, we have not lost any more lambs to parasites. Thank so, goodness. Yeah, that we're, we're happy about that. Mm -hmm. That that went well. the The whole process went well. No issues. Yeah. Um, got them back out onto pasture. We're going to take them about another week, and then we're going to uh, bring mm -hmm. them back up again mm -hmm. and separate the ewes and the lambs. Yep. And we will wean the lambs and let the ewes the start great recovering. Separation begins. Yeah. yeah or yeah. happens. Let the ewes start recovering their condition. Yeah. Uh, we got the hogs into a new paddock as well. Yeah. That that and fresh ground. Yep, got some fresh ground going. They're really happy about that. It's interesting. They eat. We feed them um, about what thirty three pounds in the morning of dry, uh, GMO free food. Thirty three pounds in the evening. So they go through about six, just over six and a half pounds per hog per day mm -hmm. of dry food. Now we ferment our food. So like actual weight is quite a bit more than that, but the dry, the dry weight is about that, about yeah. six and a half pounds per hog. And they, they got new grass, fresh weeds, fresh roots, fresh bugs, fresh everything that hogs just love. Mm -hmm. And they weren't terribly interested, interested in their, <laughs> in their fermented feed yesterday. Yeah. It's, it's fun to watch them not act like crazy pigs, you know, at with, the trough. At the trough. Yeah, when you bring yeah. their food. No, they were, there were some left. Yeah, they were very interested in in the the fresh grass. So mm -hmm. that's that's always fun to watch. We harvested some from the garden. Yeah, as we well. got a bunch of tomatoes. We got green peppers, jalapenos, Thai peppers, more cucumbers. Um, did not make more pickles. Not doing it. You can't make me do it. No. <laughs> Just say no to more pickles. <laughs> um, anyway, so we got a lot of tomatoes. We've made some. Uh, can some Italian sauces and some Mexican sauces uh, that we can use for, I think I, I think it's my own homemade rotel. Sure. So whenever it comes time for cheese dip in next month, then we'll have our own rotel to be able to make our own cheese dip. That's right. Yeah. That's fun. So we got a bunch of jars of that canned. Gotta yeah. Do we need more. to, we need to pick the garden again. Yes, we do. We need to pick the garden again. <laughs> uh, we have all of our eggs sold. A gentleman called and he wanted basically everything that we grow yeah. in eggs. So we're having to watch how many eggs that we eat so that we can sell them because I told him that we would have them for him and we'll see what happens. This That's right. I think, we've, I think we have him covered now. I do. I think so, so for a while. Um, everything that we get between now and then. Is ours. We, we have access to at least. And, fr <laughs> and friends who want them on Saturdays. And That's stuff, right. So. We have some We're, regular customers that, that we make put sure in we regular theirs. orders of eggs. And we make sure that those yeah. those customers are taken care of. And then milk. We're getting about six plus gallons a day of milk. That's being plenty for us plus our customers. And we're able to make cheese and yogurt. We've made it several times this week. 
Yeah, already. One of the things with the cheese that we're able to do is we vacuum seal it and put it in the deep freeze. Yeah. So when we dry the cows off before they have their calves, uh, we will dry them off this winter before mm -hmm. they calve in the spring. Mm -hmm. We will have at least some um, milk product yeah. available to us yeah. during that time. So fried we, cheese. Yes. Yay, fried cheese. That's right. Yeah, in the winter when we don't even have milk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think that covers the farm for now. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Can you think of anything else? No. Mm. Yeah, me either. Well, we moved some dogs around. We did. We That's put, true. We, we, we put Tank and Tozer, or sorry, Tank and TJ in with a, the group of lambs. They're in a bigger area. And we put Nala and Missy with the dairy cows and the rams. Yes. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. So they seem to be doing well, and they're happy, and the cats have stopped being offed by the dog. Right. <laughs> that was taking his revenge out on them. Yeah. So, so that's good. We have livestock guardian <laughs> dogs. They were the first, uh, actually first animals on the farm. Yep. We got Tank and Nala and Lucy. Mm -hmm. Those were our three first animals. And since then, Tank and Nala, the, about a year plus ago, they had puppies. They and Nala had quite a few puppies. And we still have a few of those puppies left. So Tozer and Missy and Kida and TJ are still here uh, with us. The rest of the puppies are, went to different places. Yeah, so them. right now we've got Tank and TJ. They are the ones that are the best with the sheep. But they the, do great. Yeah, the current pasture that we have the sheep in isn't wound tight enough for to the dogs to stay in. Mm -hmm. So Tank and TJ uh, started getting out and then the cats started going missing. Yeah, they did. And so we had to rein them back in. We put those two guys in with in some hot wire with uh, the lamb group. And they're protecting the lambs. They're doing a great job. And they're not tormenting the cats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the those two are in with the lambs wrapped mm -hmm. in three, three strands of, of hot wire. They weren't terribly happy about it at first, but they're over it and yeah. good. And then Nala and Missy are in a big paddock with the two two milk cows and the two rams. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're very happy with it. Yeah. Kita is Rebecca's and she's up in a pen by herself so that Rebecca can play with her and take care of her. Yeah. And then the other two are basically just farm dogs. And they are roaming the farm. They do good with the cats and the other animals. Oh, yeah. They they roam around and keep everybody safe. That's right. And yeah. they're doing awesome. Yeah, uh, they I'm are. happy with the situation now. Good. If mama's happy. That's right. Everybody. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I thought that was backwards. If oh. if everything is happy, mama's happy. Well, or if life is happy, mama's happy. Well, that yeah, that too. But, you know, it does make me happy. That's true. Okay. <laughs> so you mentioned at the start that we were going to discuss some regenerative farming. And what that means to us. So I think it would be really good to just go start with, well, what, what does that even mean? Regenerative? What are we comparing it to? And how do we get here? Okay. So first off, we didn't, we didn't do any other kind of farming. True. Like it, a, a lot of people transition from a type of farming and then slowly transition themselves into a more of a regenerative style of farming. So for us, 
we weren't farming and then we were doing regenerative farming, right. at least our definition of regenerative farming. Yeah. Like it, it was, there wasn't any kind of transition for us. And from the transition on the conventional side, when they do transition, they transition for the reason of reducing their inputs so that they don't have to put, use so much fertilizer or feed and to make their land better and to make their animals happier and thus healthier and better tasting. So that would be the reason they would transition. So the whole idea is you're you're regenerating the land, like the regenerative farming, the the whole the whole concept is yeah. make the land better. The the idea that the whole life basically starts in the soil. So from there, the, you know, the the micro you feed the microbes, the microbes feed the grasses, the grasses feed the animals, the animals feed the humans, right? Like it's yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. And the industrial style of farming uses tons of chemicals and um, they till up the soil, they break down the soil so that it doesn't even have a good structure anymore. It can't even support the bacterial growth. So right. the soil gets broken down, then they spray chemicals on it and kill all of the stuff, all of the bacterias and stuff inside the soil get killed. And then they fertilize it so that the plants have something. So something will grow. To, you know, yeah. some nutritious or some nutrients in yeah. order to grow. And, and like that's the industrial style of farming yeah. is this whole uh, inputs, 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 kill the soil, then give it inputs so that something can grow in it. And the idea of regenerative farming is go back to the more a more natural way of doing things where you feed the soil, you feed the microbes in the soil, you take advantage of um, roots pulling nutrients up so that uh, you have nutrients available at the top. So it's just a, a much more natural way of, of farming, basically. And using animals, even if you ha if you, if you do row crops or you grow some sort of, you know, um, plant crop, they will also will use animals and mimic nature. Yeah, to some extent, some do. I mean, the, the biggest thing I, I that I've seen cover there crops. is is cover crops. Yeah. Um, keeping the soil covered mm -hmm. is a very, very big deal. Yeah. And then um, a lot of folks will use a no-till drill, they call it. Mm -hmm. So they, they plant their crops without turning the soil over. So you're not exposing everything. You're not turning it into just bare dirt right. and then growing something out of it. You're actually just drilling the seeds down into the soil, and then that will grow up. So okay, we haven't done any of that though. But no. what we what have what we've done is we live in the Ozarks. We discussed it last week. Yeah, it's very rocky. It gets it gets very dusty very fast. So an important thing for us, because the soil is the way that it is, is to make sure that it stays covered, so that the moisture can stay in, and shade, so it keeps it cooler and moist. Okay. Moist. So we use animals, moving them around, and that helps to do several things. It, well, they, they walk on it, they poop on it, they pee on it, and then it rests. Yep. Yeah? Yep. And they eat it. And they eat it. So a, a, um, the, the gurus of regenerative farming talk about there are there are actually some different styles you could graze it really low mm -hmm. and then rest it for a long time mm -hmm. and some folks really 
uh, say that that's right. the best way to do it. Other folks say you graze it off, you know, just take the first four inches or so out mm -hmm. of a 12 inch blade of grass, yeah. and then you don't have to rest it quite as long and there's more solar collector left in that blade of grass. Okay. So there are, there are certainly different styles of how to, how to do the grazing, but the rotational grazing, the fact that you, you impact it and then you let it rest. That's the biggest, the, the big deal there with the, with regenerative grazing is that is really that rest period. Keep them moving. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we, we've done a couple of different, you know, uh, methods, I guess we've done very, very tight, really intense. Last year we had uh, the first fall when we got animals, it had not been really mowed. It was just like, Oh, we need something to eat this grass or we're just going to have to mow all of it down. Hurried up. We got some animals that can eat. We got sheep and we got some cows. Well, we moved, we had to move them. We kept them very tight and moved them daily. And it put a lot of intense nutrients quickly yep. and it stimulated it really nicely. Yes. Um, and it was good for the animals. Yep. They ate a lot. They kept eating and they kept their bellies full all the time and it did them really well. Um, that's a lot of work. Yep. A whole lot of work. Yeah, and, and since then, the the farm has grown in mm -hmm. its complexity and all of the things that we're doing. So we don't have as much time to dedicate to to the animals like we did that that well, first. Yeah, we fall. don't we don't necessarily have four hours to move a group of sheep every day, every single day. That's right. And we did that fall. Yes, which was cool because we were able to move them, and it it did a lot of good. Oh yeah. So we can't farm quite like that anymore where we take four hours and um, move sheep because you were saying that we have such a more complex situation going on. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, we've, we've just covered a lot of it, right? We've right. got sheep, we've got cows, we've got the pigs, we have the rams in a separate group, we have dairy cows, we have a dairy cow heifer, we've got chickens, both... Meat chickens on pasture, meat chickens in the brooder, layer chickens, right. layer ducks. We've got geese. I mean, like it's, it's right. now. Oh, and the guineas. Right. Like it, it's now a, a, a much more complex operation that doesn't allow for, you know, literally half a day spent just moving sheep. But we do move them around. We have larger pastures, a little bit larger area. We're allowing them to stay for you know, a, a designated amount of time, and then we move them to another pasture while that one rests. Right. Rotating and regenerating. Um, so what are some of the other benefits of regenerative farming? And like, as far, let's talk about as far as um, like carbon, carbon sequestration, our, our climate, though I would not, you know, classify myself, I don't think you do either, as a climate change um, nut of any sort. Uh, but I do think that, you know, there, there, there's too much carbon being tilled up into the air and there's obviously pollutants going in. And I think that we can do things to, you know, maybe mitigate some of it and make the air quality on the planet a little bit better. Yeah. So there are scientific studies that show that regenerative farms sequester more carbon than they create. And then there are studies that counter those studies that say that that's not true, 
that cows are still bad for the planet no matter how you raise them. And then there are studies that counter those counter studies that say, yes, it does. So the, I, I think it comes down to what do you believe? You know, which scientists, which study are you going to believe? But for us, we feel like that we are benefiting the planet. We are sequestering carbon into the soil. Now, whether it's more than what we're creating or not, I don't know, right? Like there are scientific studies that say yes and no. So pick one. We believe, yes, we're sequestering carbon into the soil and and benefiting the planet. And we, it, I don't think that there's any, um, I don't know at least of any controversy over whether it a regenerative style of farming produces less carbon than a, a CAFO style of, of farming where, where you have a concentrated animal feeding operation, CAFO, right. like those where you have thousands and thousands of animals in one area with no grass. They're either on concrete or they're on dirt. And it's just one big mess. Like, I, I don't think that there's anybody that really argues that that's the best thing for the environment. So right. without argument, I would say what we're doing is better than alternative means of raising animals. Okay. So I think I, we read somewhere that a regenerative farm can possibly sequester up to 30%. Yes. Yeah, More. yeah, that, that's what that's pretty sick. Some studies say. Some studies yeah. say. Well, I'm going to go with those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and that what we get to do? We get to pick the studies that we want to. Uh, sure. <laughs> I, I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> that's, that, that's what everyone else that's does. That's what everyone else does. I'm yeah, going to pick we, that one. I'm evangelizing well. that. Yes. There's, uh, just as long as you know that there are other studies. Yeah, there's a study for a study. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Okay. Cool. Um, so, what are some of the benefits? You know, that, well, we have found that there are benefits outside of just the grass. There's benefits, like, as far as freedom is concerned, you mentioned the inputs and the fertilizer. We don't fertilize anything with a chemical. So whether or not Russia and Ukraine are at war affects, well, it affects us, but in turn, in, you know, as far as fertilizer is concerned and keeping our grass growing, that doesn't, we're free from that. Yeah, absolutely. From, from a ruminant perspective, if our feed prices go up, there's a little bit, of, I mean, you know, like second, oh, second hand. Yeah, I'm you know, talking about. We, we could be affected, but, but really the, the freedom that we experience is that we're not going to the fertilizer store and buying fertilizer that is now two, three times as expensive as what it was because of the style of farming that we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So that the cows and the sheep really are the ones that are fertilizing the pastures for us. And um, we can look at, so we, we talked about the intensive way that we were, we were uh, rotating the, the ruminants initially. And then for the winter time, the first winter, we tried to spread hay all over the, all over the farm basically. We were moving the animals daily, and then we were giving them new hay on new ground every day. And again, this that was winter one. Winter two, we did not have the time in order to do that. So it, it, we 
changed it up a little bit and decided we will hold the sheep in on this part of the hill and we split it in half basically and gave them one half of the hill during the first part of the winter and the other half of the hill during the second part of the winter. And then the cows got about that same size, but they just got the whole thing for the Some winter. Some people would t call that a, like a dry lot or yeah. no, a sacrifice, sacrifice pasture, pasture, but we weren't sacrificing anything no. um, at it, all. It might have looked like it, and, and we documented it and took lots and lots of pictures as we were doing it and um, ended up writing a blog about it that I just called Hay Bomb. We, we ended up, it was very evident in the sheep pasture um, when we moved them off of their first half uh, pasture, the the entire pasture was covered in hay. Mm -hmm. It it was brown, like completely brown, just covered completely in hay. Mm -hmm. So the sheep ate what they could. They left what they left. And when they left that pasture, it was covered in hay and there was sheep poop everywhere. That's right. And they went to a new area and we hay bombed it, we, right? Yep, did the same thing. And... Within, I don't know, eight weeks, six weeks, the poop had gone away. Yeah. Within about eight weeks, it wasn't brown anymore. Yeah. And then right as the weather started warming up, springtime, brand new little baby grass little baby grass started, started growing. growing. Yeah. And we were absolutely amazed because that hill, the reason we chose that particular hill is because it was just scrubby. It was it was broom sedge. There was bad. There was bad grass. Broom sedge is, is uh, a is a grass that's they debate that too. But it, it broom sedge, and then stubby stuff is basically what was what was there. You know, scrubs, mm -hmm. uh, blackberries, and and just weedy saplings. weedy saplings yeah. and bushes and stuff. So we picked yeah. that hill and said, Hey, let's try this experiment. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And by early spring, there was new grass mm -hmm. popping up because as you spread the hay, one of the things that happens, we, we have an original Greg Judy bale roller that we use to, the original. to spread uh, large round bales of hay. And when you, when, you, when you spread it, we hook it to the side-by-side -side and then you drag it along the pasture and it just flings hay out and you're able to really spread it around. And one, it spreads the hay out for the ground, which is good for the ground. It spreads the hay out so that all of the animals aren't standing in one spot. All, all of the animals have access to the bale of hay. You know, the, the smaller or weaker animals don't have to wait for the dominant animals to get finished eating before they can eat. you were like putting it in a, in a ring of some sort. Yeah, yeah. and there's not, there's not the impact cage. that surrounds that ring where you've basically got hay left over in the middle mud. and then mud all around that and then less mud and less mud right. as you work your way out yep. from that. So, but the, as the hay is getting flung out, seeds just go everywhere. And so grass seeds are just flying through right. the air and... Um, then so what happened then was by springtime those seeds started germinating yeah. and we started seeing grass and we were really excited and we didn't even want to really talk about it a whole lot it yeah. was like oh look at the grass look at the grass and so we 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 started watching it and by you know a, a 3 4 weeks later it was actual grass and now we're like oh my goodness look at yeah. this it is actually grass and then what well, we kept watching it and we we wouldn't walk on it 
Like we didn't let anybody drive on it. We didn't even walk on it if we could help it and just let the grass take root. Yeah. And we, we, we watched it and we didn't graze it until it was ready to be grazed. And yeah. the way we were able to tell that is you reach down and, and basically mimic a cow's mouth with your hand and you rip the grass. Mm -hmm. And if the grass rips off, it's ready to be grazed. If it pulls by the root, not ready. Not ready. Yeah. You need to wait because the roots aren't established enough yet. So we waited on that pasture um, until it was ready to be grazed. And that we did the same thing with the beef pasture. It wasn't quite as intense with the beef pasture as it mm -hmm. was with the sheep. But um, we, we held those pastures in the springtime until the grass had rooted well and was ready to be grazed. Yeah. And now both of those pastures have... And uh, like amazingly more grass than what they had last year this time. And you pointed out, we were driving down the road and you pointed out the other day that, you know, you thought about that hay fed the, the sheep all winter. Yep. And now it's feeding them again, again, you know, because it, that wasn't going to feed anybody. Yeah. Had we no, the, that. the hill, right. That the, hill. Yeah. That hill was, it was awful. Like yeah. that. It was just, it wasn't good. And now it is. I mean, there's so much grass there. Right. So they, they, we fed the animals during yep. the winter, kept yep. them alive. Yeah. They ate it. They peed on it. They pooped on it. They walked on it. The carbon was uh, content of the soil increased. The microbiology in the soil increased. There's worms. Like yeah. we've seen them. So now you've got microbes, you've got worms, like the whole thing is working now. Mm -hmm. And come springtime, there's fresh grass. And now summertime, that grass is feeding the animals again. That's amazing. And so one uh, another part of this, the regenerative uh, ag, ag movement is to try not to, on your inputs, on your animals, try not to pour, like, pour a bunch of chemicals on them as like dewormers. Yeah. And if we don't deworm them, if we can get animals that can take care of their own selves and their parasites and we move them, that helps the parasite situation. But when we don't deworm them, it's not in the poop. And then the worms and the dung beetles and all of the other, you know, life that's out there will actually take care of the cow pies for us and you don't see big huge cow pies just sitting all over the pasture need to be you know drug or whatever so that you can you know kind of spread them out because cows won't eat big you know the grass growing out of cow pies and so what we have noticed is uh the cow pies just go away yeah in the in the bottom pastures that we have the wild turkeys love oh they they, love they go through them the armadillos, um, the go, armadillos through go through them in our pastures around here, around the house, the guineas go through them, the chickens go through them, like the, yeah. the things really do spread it out. And we have not drug a pasture yet, not saying we won't, but we have not drug a pasture yet. And none of our pastures have are just full of them. cow pies. No, no. That's and true. It, and, it, and adding more carbon back to the soil, also fertilizing it. I mean, yes. it's just, it's just a great process. Yeah. You know, it's natural. Yeah, it know? is. And, it really is. And the, the, the animals are living like the animals were meant to live also. Yes. Right? They're not in a small cage um, being fed by hand daily, right? Like yeah. they're, they're out 
they're grazing. The animals that were meant to graze are grazing. The animals that are meant to be in the forest are in the forest. Another thing that we have noticed is the, the quality of the food in farming like this. You know, the food, the flavor, the, um, I don't know, it just tastes better. Yeah, it does. And I, I, that one, that one's one that's hard to, to just, quantify, right? Like you, you can't say it tastes 17% better than, yeah, you know, like yeah. that, that's, that's one that's, that's a little bit subjective, I guess. But what I would say is that the people who are willing to give us feedback on the food that they have gotten from our farm across the board say it's better yeah. than similar food that they would buy at a store. Mm-hmm. That it just tastes better. It's juicier. It's more flavorful. It's more tender. Like it, it, all of the ways that you can describe a food being better, yeah. we have heard that description about our food. So like subjectively, it is better. Like, yeah. it, to us, it is better. Yeah. You know, the, the, the uh, across the board, flavor, texture, tenderness, like it is better. And uh, again, across the board from one animal to the next, mm-hmm. it is better. Yeah. Which is yummy. Right. <laughs> this is why, <laughs> why, is right? <laughs> why we started doing That's this in the first place, it. which we discussed a little bit last week. But, you know, we got into this whole gig because we wanted good food. Another, you know, freedom-wise, it just, it just came to me. Um, you know, free from fertilizer, free from you know, those types of inputs in as much as we can. Um, and the food, the quality of the food is good. And it, we're free, more free from the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are. I mean, doing this lifestyle at this point, our family and specifically, we don't have to go to the grocery store very often. Certainly not for meat. Yeah. And right now, not even for dairy and veg. Um, but you know, and then the little bit that we can offer, you know, we are, we are a small farm and, but it's also helping other people to be free from grocery store meat, free from CAFO meat. Yeah. And I I just absolutely love that. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So an unplanned segment, current events. Oh, I hear that Americans have a lot of credit card debt. Oh my gosh. Um, I read this afternoon that as of like this month, or as of in in June, uh, over $1 trillion of credit card debt. Americans. And that adds to the American household debt of... Oh gosh, I think it was 176 trillion dollars of household debt Americans wow yeah I think we have problems (laughs) yeah and a deficit of 32 ticking quickly towards 33 trillion that's the debt no I'm sorry that's the debt you're right the deficit I think it's 1.6 trillion deficit we can't debt to GDP is 
some folks say 120%, some folks say 140%. 140%. So it's somewhere, Yeah. no one says less than 120. No. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Get out of debt. <laughs> yeah. People aren't. They're raising rates so that people will stop spending money. But people today, they don't take, they don't take no for an answer. They get to buy what they want. They'll just make, take out another credit card. So that's what they do. It was interesting when, we, when the Fed started raising the rates. I, I told Shelly, my prediction is this is not going to work, at least in the short term. Because unlike what happened in the 70s, where most folks did not have a credit card, right. so as things got more expensive, you just couldn't buy things. Right. So as the interest rates went up, people stopped buying things, and the economy did what the experts were wanting the economy to do. And yeah. this time, my take on it was, this is not going to work, it did, it's because not working. everyone has a credit card. Yeah. And the fact that things get more expensive is not going to change spending habits. Right. People don't want to be told no, and they don't want to even tell themselves no. If they want it, they want it, and they're going to buy it. That's and the fact that it's more expensive doesn't matter anymore because we can just take out another credit card. Yep. And, and so now... what I said was, I think this isn't going to work in the short term, at least. People are just going to continue to go further and further into debt. And... Wow, what is this? Five, five, six months later, now we're we're reading that over a trillion dollars in just credit card debt. It's bad. Yeah. Interesting. <sighs> yeah. Very interesting. So next week. Thanks for that. Word yeah. Positive news. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, let, I mean, think about it, right? How long? Can the current system exist with the level of debt that that we that we have? Right, not much longer. So people the, are starting to not pay their credit card bills. Seven point two percent are yeah. now thirty days delinquent or yeah. more. So the what mm -hmm. we're doing here, we talked about regenerative farming, but the other thing that we're doing is we're setting ourselves up a life that where we can have at least most of the things that we need in order to survive. Yeah. We're not preppers. No. But it, we do like to be prepared. Yes. Yeah. So that, so that if in the event that things do get worse financially for the entire, you know, nation, maybe it won't be as painful. Yeah. You know? At least we won't be hungry. Yeah. Food. Good right. food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, with that, thanks. Yeah. Um, okay, what are we going to talk about next week? Speaking of that, we're yeah. going to get a little bit more personal. We're going to talk about uh, relationship. Our relationship. Yes. Um, the, the joys, the benefits, and the challenges that come with working together. So for, with the exception of about six months after we first got married and moved to college, moved to Orlando to go to college, go to the university, we have had basically two separate lives. Yes. We, we were together in the evenings and on the weekends, but yeah. then we were 
We were separate. Very separate lives. You Um, know, he went, you went to work and I stayed home with the kids. Yeah. And then in the military, then I would also, you throw in the TDYs and the deployments and the 14 to 16 hour days. Yeah. And so that there was working nights. Yeah. There was a lot of, of separation that, that happened. And another one of the reasons that we chose this lifestyle was a desire to be together. Right. So next week we're going to talk about being together all, all the, time. the time. All the time. Whether you like me or not. Whether you like me or not. <laughs> That's right. But we do have shared goals. We do have shared dreams. Um, and we do have, we both have a love of, of good food and, and freedom and farming is a means to that. Yeah. Uh, it's enjoyable. It's hard, but I think it's a means to the freedom and the food and, and our family, you know, we get to, we get to do this together every day. So we'll dive in a little bit. Uh, we'll get a little into the nitty gritty <laughs> of working together. Yeah. Um, which is good. It's just not always easy. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for listening again. Uh, again. And if, again, if you enjoyed this, uh, please uh, follow us. We're going to continue this um, into the, into the, for the very long term. Um, and, and we're enjoying it. We're having fun. So That's right. Uh, that's, we have a shared goal. On the YouTube, hit subscribe. On the others, hit follow. Leave us a comment, please. That's the only way we can know um, how we're doing and, and what you would like to hear or what you would like us to do better. So please do leave us a comment. We appreciate it. And that's about it. We'll catch you the next time. Until next week. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.